There have been a lot of great hockey players over the years. Legends, both on and off the ice. The Overtime Podcast checks in with some of hockey's biggest names and talks about what these great players are up to today. Welcome to the Overtime Podcast. Here's your host, Gino Retta. Hey, hockey fans. Welcome to the 7-Eleven Overtime Podcast. I'm Gino Retta. You know, I've spent over four decades working in the game, fortunate enough to meet some of the legends of the game, saw them come into the league, watch them shine in the game, and now they've moved on to life after hockey. The 7-Eleven Overtime Podcast gives us a chance to catch up, tell some great stories, relive some great memories, and hear what they're up to today. On this week's show, a 17-year veteran in the NHL, 1,256 games, an NCAA champion, a Stanley Cup champion with the New Jersey Devils, a three-time Olympian, a gold medalist with Team USA in the 1996 World Cup of Hockey. We're pleased to welcome Brian Rolston to the show. Brian, welcome. Great to catch up with you again, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I forgot all those things, but uh, it's nice to hear every once in a while. You know what time it is? It's time to crush your cravings with 7-Eleven Cravables, like their world-famous taquitos, fully loaded nachos, hot from the oven in minutes, 24-7 pizza, and the one and only Slurpee. They'll deliver it straight to your door before you can say, hey dude, have you seen my phone? Get 7-Eleven delivered fast, 24-7. Use promo code FREE7 to get $7 off your first two orders of $15 or more on 7Now. Download the 7-Eleven app. You look like you're in an office. I would assume that some of that stuff has to be hanging around behind you there. Just memorabilia for when people come in and realize what a big shot you actually are. <laughs> no, I don't usually keep too much of that around, but, uh, you know, it's it's nice to look back for sure. I got to ask you for for those who uh, for those of you who are listening. I need to point out that Brian's in an office right now. Clearly, looks like you looks like you're in a rink. Tell me where you are right now and what you're up to. Well, um, basically, I started an academy around seven years ago, and I took over a lease uh, in the Detroit area. I did this for my sons uh, that were in probably around eighth grade. Uh, my other one uh, was a little younger than that, but. Uh, I started with like eight kids and now we have about 30 kids in our academy and they come here and they, they get their on and off ice um, practice and then they, they do online school. So something I'm proud of, uh, we've kind of grown throughout the years here. And uh, like I said, I did it for my kids and uh, my oldest rider uh, just signed his first entry level deal with the Blackhawks um, and is in Rockford now uh, played for Notre Dame. So, um, I've seen it all come kind of full circle here. And then my other, my other one is in Chilliwack playing in the BCHL. So um, all, all came through my academy. And uh, now we have no kids at the academy. And me and my wife are kind of running the rink. And I literally was just on the Zamboni doing the ice. So That's hilarious. You have to do, it. You have to do everything when, when you're uh, running a rink. So, uh, but it's right, been a lot of fun. You're the ultimate hockey dad, man. I've heard story about my kid went up to play through AAA in the Toronto area. And, you know, you, you meet parents who are like just involved in their kids' lives and they buy them the best sticks, the best skates. And then you hear about the teams, some parents go out and buy the team. I've never heard of a parent who went and bought in a rink, though. So that's pretty impressive, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I It's like I bought a zoo, you know, that's what, that's what it equates to. But uh, it's been fun. It's been fun. 
So now what's it like for you? I mean, you went the college route. We'll get into that in your Lake Superior State times where you won an NCAA championship then. You went with the college route there. Now it sounds like Ryder's going to the college route to Notre Dame, which will be big news for Dave Pula, my buddy who works with me every day, who coached in Notre Dame for years. I know you know Pooley. And your other kid in Chilliwack is the intent, your, your second boy also to go to the college route? Yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the plan, and he's he's playing well right now. It's his first year out of basically AAA hockey, so getting used to playing in junior hockey can can be difficult. But uh, Chilliwack's a great spot, and uh, we couldn't be more pleased uh, having him there. You had a great experience at Lake Superior State. You you won an NCAA championship there, and you were a sniper. You were a serious goal scorer. Tell us what your experience was like going the U.S. college route. Well, um, it was, I went to a good school for hockey for sure. And Jeff Jackson was the coach there. My brother was the assistant coach, uh, went in there my freshman year. I just had uh, been chosen 11 over 11th overall by, by New Jersey and, um, went in and, uh, fortunately we won a national championship my freshman year and it was uh, pretty special. We had some really great teams there. And then my sophomore year, we made it to the final and got beat by Paul Korea's team uh, by the main black Bear, bears in the final. And, um, you know, just a great two years. And, and after that, I might would have been my junior year when Lake state won again, I was not there. I went and played uh, in the Olympics, uh, the 94 Olympics. So um, Lake state had some special years there and, um, you know, Jeff uh, has did a great job and he's doing a great job at Notre Dame as well. You you mentioned the Olympics in 1994, which is amazing. You played at the Olympics before you played a single game in the NHL. Uh, your roots are obviously very, very deep in the USA. Internationally, you played so much <laughs> for Team USA. The World Juniors in 92 and 93, the Olympics in 94, a silver in Salt Lake in 02. You played in 2006 as well. The 1996 World Championships, World Cups, uh, 97, 2005. Your experiences playing for Team USA must be, I mean, apart from winning the Stanley Cup, some of the highlights of your career. No, for sure. And one of the biggest highlights, especially early in my career, was um, getting that bronze medal in the World Championships. Um, That was pretty special because – we, you know, it, back in that time, and it, we didn't take it as serious as the Europeans took that tournament. Right. And it was it was a long time coming for us to even get a medal. And and I still think we're one of one of the teams that have, you know, there hasn't been many medals won by Team USA in in the World Championship. So that was definitely special early on. And and of course playing uh, in Salt Lake and playing against all the legends on Team Canada. Um, what an experience that was in, in playing against the Russians and, and beating the Russians. It was pretty special. Um, what great competition and, and uh, great memories from, from playing in the Olympics for sure. Are there, is there a single moment from Salt Lake? I mean, you're playing on your home soil. You end up getting the silver. Is there a single moment where you thought, man, this is just, it, it's amazing. Every aspect of it, every, you know, what you're doing for your country, what you're doing in the game, getting an opportunity to play at the very, very top of the game. No question. And and to be you, obviously playing for your country is very special, but you're playing with the best players in the world yeah. 
that, that that's it. You're playing with the best guys in the world. And one of the things I remember about it, other than playing against Lemieux and, and all those legends on Team Canada and playing with all the legends on on Team USA, the Madonnas and Chelioses and of the game, but um, you know that was right after nine eleven, and um, it was uh, it was a it was an interesting time. And you know you went in there, and the military presence that was at the Olympic Games was something that, you know, we, we weren't um, familiar with, you know, and, and just the security was crazy. And, uh, um, and, and in representing your country after that happened is a special thing as well. Must've been so emotional at that time. It really was. It really was. And, um, you know, you come in out of your NHL season and you, you go into the Olympic village with all the other Olympians and, you see what kind of security is there and you literally have Humvees with machine guns around and you're just like, okay, they're taking this serious. So a very emotional time and um, a special time to be representing your country. You mentioned some of the names, Chelly, and uh, you played for, in 1996, uh, you played on Team USA at the World Cup of Hockey. I look back on the roster on that team of Team USA Chelios, Leach, Medano, LaFontaine, Hull. What's it like to be a part of that, a group like that? Um, it's special. And those guys are kind of um, – were kind of ahead of me as far as establishing USA hockey. And I was on the World Cup team in, in uh, when we beat the Canadians in Montreal. And I was – I played in one of those games um, in Madison Square Garden. I believe it was against either Czech or Slovakia. Um, I wasn't a huge part of that group, but at the same time, I was able to to watch that. I mean, that was history in the making and and um, an amazing time for USA hockey. And <clears throat> those guys really put us on the map. Um, you know, that was a, that was a huge win, and those guys. Um, led to, to what USA hockey has, has become now and is competitive, you know, every year. And, and it's, uh, it's exciting. For, for those who don't know your, your background, you, you were a scorer. You were always a scorer. Uh, you were a scorer through us college hockey. You were a scorer in the minors. Now you come into the NHL. <laughs> You're a guy who still, you scored 342 goals. So it was no slouch. You you scored sure. 342 goals in your NHL career. But there was a major shift for you when you made the shift into the National Hockey League. And there was one particular individual who was a big part of that shift. Tell our audience about that, Brian. Yeah, of course, you come out of college, you know, you're a first round pick, you're a goal scorer and you go into New Jersey (laughs) and uh, you're playing for Jacques Lemaire. And uh, all of a sudden you go from not scoring so much <laughs> to, to basically being on a checking line. Um, that's what I was on. And you were playing with Bobby Carpenter and John McClain a lot, right? That's, that, that's correct. That's correct. And, and those two played a huge part in my career moving forward. And obviously Jacques, I think uh, I'm pretty sure I played for Jacques nine years out of my NHL career, so, something along those lines, but, Jacques is the greatest NHL coach in history, in my opinion. Better than Scotty Bowman? Well, I, I just think he's – he's he. I never played for Scotty. I, I could say um, the coaches that I played for, he, he was just so smart. 
and everything that came out of his mouth. And early on in your career, you're like, why is this guy? I'd go in and score, and then he'd pull me out next game, and I'd be like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> but eventually, that's the part of Brian. I got to stop for a second. I'm shocked. Like you and I have never spoken about Lemaire, and I've spoken to a lot of guys about Lemaire. And you know, I, I had Marty Brodeur on the show, and he said, "Listen, Jacques wasn't always the favorite of every guy, but he knew how to win, and he knew how to help me as a goaltender." I got to tell you, I'm really impressed, Brian, that that you went in, had a guy completely change your game, and still love him so much. That's amazing to me. It is, and that and that 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 went on over uh, multiple years, um, and. Just you, you realize over time and as you become a veteran in the National Hockey League, if I didn't play for Jacques Lemaire, maybe I, I don't play uh, the last five years of my career. You know, mm -hmm. you have to be able to play both sides of the puck and something that I stretch, stress to my kids. And um, <clears throat> just, um, no, you can't, can't say enough. And there's not, many, there's not many guys out there that will say many bad things about Jacques Lemaire because they know how smart he was and what a great coach he is. I'll tell you, though, as a member of the media, uh, because we're always looking for things to talk about, we always talked about how, how do I say this gracefully, boring <laughs> style of play was. You know, when, when Lemaire had his team on the ice, he had some great talent out there, yourself included, and we're like, oh, man, you're stifling this talent. Let the guy go. Open the gate. Let the horse run. Take the reins off. Let him go. But as somebody in it, you were okay with all of that? Absolutely. When you're winning, <clears throat> it's fine. Um, yes. Obviously, as you're, you know, <clears throat> and the thing was about our team was um, there wasn't many guys that scored over 20 goals no. on any of those. Well, you couldn't in this system. If you scored, he benched you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Too much offense, too much offense. Um, but, you know, regardless, we won a Stanley Cup with a really great team, a lot of good players and everybody contributed including guys that were in and out of the lineup. And you saw how special that was and, and uh, something that you take with you the rest of your career, really. You know what I took from your win in 1995? Uh, we were in conversation with Brian Rolston, who won a Stanley Cup with the New Jersey Devils in 1995. This is the 7-Eleven Overtime Podcast. I'm Gino Retta. Uh, was the, the American content. And today, that's not a big deal. Today, it's like, you know, Austin Matthews, Jack Hughes, there's some amazing American talent. Better than 50% of your roster in 1995 was Americans. Neil Broughton, Bobby Carpenter, Billy Guerin, yourself. That was a lot of great U.S. talent. How special was it, given the fact that you had so many opportunities to represent Team USA, to have such an American heavy roster win the Stanley Cup? Because back in those days, that was not something we saw a lot. No, you didn't, and and that was that was part that was a big part of Lou Lamorello and bringing guys in that that he knew and uh, as as people before players really, and um, you know he just made some great moves at the end, bringing Neil Broughton in, like you said, <clears throat> Claude Lemieux was phenomenal for us. Obviously, our goaltending was best in the world. So yeah, Marty uh, we was had okay. a lot. Yeah, he was okay in our defense and our toughness was amazing and, and it was great that we were so tough helped me out early in my career how tough the new jersey devils were and i think that's something that um that lou really wanted was a, a tough team and, and and that's what that's what we were 
it was amazing. It was a great start to your NHL career because at that point you're you're a rookie. You're winning the Stanley Cup. You're figuring I got maybe ten other ten of these. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was easy. What are these guys getting so emotional about? You know, all these guys that basically Bruce Driver and Ken Danico, Johnny McLean, all these guys that built that organization or really were the core of that organization. And to see them lift the cup was awesome. It was it was an awesome thing and. I never made it out of the first round the rest of my career. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing. There's so many number number of guys who sat in that chair, Brian, who said exactly the same thing. It it, it started so well, and I never had any idea I'd never be back there again. No, and, and playing playoff hockey is so special. It's because yeah. at the end of my career, I got to play with the Boston Bruins. They they picked me up at the deadline as a basically I was going to be an extra forward, which I ended up playing a, a decent role on the third line for them. Yeah. And um, it was the year after they won the Stanley cup and, and we lost it. They were so beat up. We would have made another run. And, um, but, but Chara and Bergeron, they were so beat up from winning the Stanley cup the year before yeah. that it, it's, it's tough to, to do it back to back as, as we all know, right. You know what time it is. It's time to crush your cravings with Seven Eleven Cravables like their world-famous taquitos, fully loaded nachos, hot-from-the-oven-in-minutes 24-7 pizza, and the one and only Slurpee. They'll deliver it straight to your door before you can say, Hey, dude, have you seen my phone? Get 7-Eleven delivered fast, 24-7. Use promo code FREE7 to get $7 off your first two orders of $15 or more on 7Now. Download the 7-Eleven app. You talk about your movements to Boston. Before you went to Boston, you you went to Colorado. You were dealt there in 1999. Kind of a unique way you found out about being traded there. Uh, well, you, not probably not so much new, new, unique, but um, it was before the game, and you're, I was I was half dressed, ready to go out for warm up, and they pull us pull you in and tell you you're traded, and you feel like your heart gets ripped out of your chest because getting traded from your first team is like the worst thing ever. You know, you, 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 you're part of that organization and you're, you bleed those colors and you feel like you're part of that family and you realize pretty quickly um, that, that it it is a, it is a business. And, um, and, you know, I I go to Colorado and I get traded three months later to, to Boston, to Boston. And you should point out that you were part of, you're part of a very significant deal which ended up making NHL history for one guy in particular. That's right, Raymond Bork. Um, for yeah, I won him a Stanley Cup. Can you believe you did. that? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's funny. And and Dave Andrichuk was in that trade as well. And I had played with Dave earlier with the Devils, so um, happy for those guys that they were able to win a Stanley Cup. But um, definitely, um, I learned that year uh, some hard knocks for sure. But it was a blessing in disguise because I went to a team in Boston that was struggling, struggling at the time. And I, I became a veteran um, my first time in Boston because we were so young there. Yeah. So, so you spent time in, you know, Jersey, obviously Colorado briefly, Boston as well. Then you get a ch- an opportunity to sign as a free agent in 05 and you end up with the wild, which when I look back at your NHL years, those were some pretty good, that was a pretty good run for you with wild. And quite frankly, the franchise loves you. You're rated in the top 10 of all time members of that organization. 
What was that like for you, that experience? Well, I had I had really good years in Boston, like the lean years. We didn't do very well, but I believe we, we won the President's Trophy my last year there. But for me to end up in Minnesota, of all places at the time, never even thought that was a that was they were even on the map um but they came up with a three-year deal for me and those are my best those are my best years of my career um go in there with Jacques Lemaire couldn't have been happier to go in to play for him again another young team expansion team with some great players Brent Burns and Miko Koivu and Pierre-Marc Bouchard we had so many good young players but they're just starting they're just starting and I was a veteran there, and and, and Jacques, Jacques used me a lot. Another reason that I loved him. So yeah. great, great <laughs> years in Minnesota. Uh, I got to ask you about one particular aspect of your game because most times people think of, of a sniper, for the most part, you think of a guy who can handle the puck well, who can wheel, who can skate, which you had all those abilities, but you also had a slap shot, <laughs> which, which at parts of your career became infamous. Um, well, you tell the story about J.S. Jaguar when he saw uh, one of your slap shots coming at him. Yeah, that, that that's a kind of a little bit of an infamous goal because I took a slap shot and he actually ducked and it went, and I'm not sure if it dipped or what, but he he went down and it hit the crossbar and went in. He didn't want to get hit in the head with that one, but um, that was like the the um, when we started doing the shootouts. And Jacques one time in practice goes, why don't you shoot your slap shot in the shootout? We're just skating around in practice. And I was like, no, maybe I'll try that. And so I didn't do it in, in, in the shootout, but I did get a penalty shot against Vancouver against Luongo where I was gassed. I was so tired from the penalty kill shifts. I got dragged down. And so I'm like, I'm shooting a slap shot here. (laughs) <laughs> and I did, and I scored, and uh, so there, you know, and I used it other times uh, throughout the year, but um, it was something that Jacques put in my head, and uh, so I did use it. If you've never seen this, I'm speaking to our audience right now. You've got to Google it. It's uh, Brian. You bring it down. You and you didn't take the slap shot for the point. You took it from between the hash marks, like you were right there, which. At that point, to try to be able to control a shot like that is amazing. And when we saw you rifle that puck into the net, it's one thing to rifle the puck, but to score on it, it was like, holy crap, this is almost better than any deke we've ever seen out there. Did did you, is that something, I mean, I can't imagine you practiced that in practice because your own goalies would have said, you come near me with that freaking puck <laughs> in my neck. <laughs> no, for sure. I never shot a slap shot in practice. Yeah. But um, no, it was nothing that I practiced. Only, um, you know, maybe by myself with, with no goalies in the net. But um, yeah, it was pretty fun. It was a fun time. And um, once I used it and scored, I, I got confidence that I could use it. And goalie started, I would go glove side low and, goalie started taking that away. So I would, then I'd go stick side and I'm, I'm friends, um, good friends. And I'm in, I'm in contact all the time. Uh, Chris Osgood, whose son plays in the little Caesars AAA organization. And uh, I did it against him and he likes to bring that up every once in a while. Remember when you came down and shot a slap shot at me, but uh, it's, it's all, all good fun though. 
Back in those days, we used to have a phrase, and you've heard it, I'm just saying it for our audience now, buzz of the tower, where you, you rifle a puck past the goalie's ear, not necessarily thinking, okay, I'll score on this one. But if you do it then, the next time you come down the ice, he's thinking about where is he putting this puck? Suddenly it opens up the net. Was there a part of that that was working for you there? You know what? I, I was never conscious, um, but I did. And the thing, I bring up Vancouver and Lolongo and uh, those teams because we played them so much. They were in our division. And you put one right in his face. I did. I hit, I knocked his helmet off one time. It, it was a rolling puck and it wasn't, it wasn't intentional at all. But I remember later um, in the season, I literally came down and shot ones right on the ice. It went right through him like five hole because I'm sure he was thinking this is coming in my head. So um, I ended up scoring on that, but it was never intentional, but uh, it did happen. And it worked for you, man. It worked for you. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, no. As you as you started to wrap up your career back in 2008, you, you ended up back in New Jersey as a free agent. And it was a different time. It was a different time in your career. But it was also a different time in the National Hockey League. When you came into the NHL in the 90s versus when you were wrapping up your career in you know, two, 2007, 2008, nine, the league was different. The room was different as well. And, and I've heard you mention this before, talking about what it was like to come in as a kid and then to kind of wrap up your career as a veteran and the whole different mindset that was going on in the room near the tail end of your career. Can you, can you talk about that? Yeah. I mean, obviously I was super happy that Lou Lamorello, the guy who drafted me, wanted me back. Yeah. I had some great years and yeah, it does. It does. And that was special to me. And that's one of the reasons I signed back there. Um, and obviously I was familiar with it, but you go back and you have all these young Americans you got Zach Parise, Travis Zajac, who's not American, but all these young, younger players. I think Jamie Lang and Bruner was there at the time. Um, it was an exciting time to go back there, and we had good teams, but I was 35 years old, playing out the rest of my contract. And unfortunately, my first year, I flew a, a, an edge and got a high ankle sprain early on. Um, in that, and that was, that was hard to come back from at 35. It was very tough. So, um, didn't have the best years there, but, um, I still enjoyed my time there. You had a wonderful career, man. 1,256 games to play that many games and to score, you know, 340 something goals. That's amazing. That's a, that's a fantastic career. And now, now you get to be a dad, you get to be a dad and watch your boys, were you more nervous as a kid playing at Lake Superior, thinking about what could happen in my career then? Or are you more nervous now saying, man, I got two boys, a kid who's going to Notre Dame, another kid who's playing in Chilliwack right now. They're right there on the precipice. of I don't know what's going to happen in their careers moving forward. Talk to me about that. I'm not nervous about it, but I want it for them. Bad, you know. You want them to do well, and they want it. They enjoyed the game all the way up. Obviously, watch their dad play. Um, but they're going through, you know, they're going to have to go through hardships and all the things that I went through. And I kind of leave them be for the most part. I try to help them with certain things. But 
um, rider who just signed his entry level with the Blackhawks <clears throat> played in an exhibition game against the Red Wings. We all got to go and watch him play at, at Little Caesars Arena, which was really special yeah. um, with Bedard. <clears throat> it was a lot of fun. Um, and then my other son, he's doing well in Chilliwack. Great organization up there. Um, you know, he's uh, he has schools looking at him. So it's it's been fun. It's been very rewarding and uh, super proud of my kids. That's awesome. You should be real proud of them. And it's amazing to the joy. There's nothing like watching our boys or girls, you know, go through and try to pursue their dreams. I mean, I really enjoyed having this conversation with you, Brian. It's been so good to catch up with you. I want to play something we do called five fast facts where it's kind of, I'll just mention a phrase. You give me the quick answer to the quick thing that comes to your mind with me. Okay. Y'all set. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Time now for five fast facts. The best teammate you ever played with. Who was it? I'll say Johnny McLean. Because he mentored me. He mentored me. He was awesome. Especially early on in my career when I needed that, you know. I think I know the answer to this one. The best coach you ever played for. Jacques Lemaire, without question, I believe is the, uh, one of the best, if not the best uh, coaches of all time. Who did you hate playing against the most and why? Well, any any tough teams, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> you know, early on in my career, I can remember – I can remember playing against the Philadelphia Flyers and the Legion of Doom, and those were absolute battles and uh, very tough games, especially early on in your career. What was your favorite NHL city to play in? New York. Obviously, that was because of the rivalries uh, New Jersey and and uh, New Jersey and, and New York had, and those games were always a lot of fun to play in. If you hadn't become an NHL player, a legend that you did become, what do you think plan B would have been for a career for you? Maybe, um, maybe, maybe coaching, maybe coaching. I'm not sure that, that that's the toughest question, you know, I can imagine Brian. It's been great catching up with you, man. I'm glad you look like you're a happy man. You look like you're obviously still in great shape and a great time watching your boys come up through the game. Thank you so much for sharing all these stories with us. We've really, really appreciated it. No, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, and best of luck with all of this. It's, it's a lot of fun. Stanley Cup champion, NCAA champion, Brian Rolston. The Overtime Podcast is proudly presented by 7-Eleven. Before leaving the rink, order your favorite Slurpee, fresh 100% premium Arabica coffee, hot from the oven, pizza and wings, pint of ice cream, or even a carton of milk, a dozen eggs, and a loaf of bread from the 7Now app and Team 7-Eleven. We'll have your order ready for pickup 24-7. Hey, if you missed any parts of the show, don't worry. Visit our website at OvertimePodcast.ca where you can both listen and subscribe to future shows. 7-Eleven's Overtime Podcast can be found on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, iTunes Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Until next week, I'm Gino Retta saying so long, hockey fans, and thanks for joining us on the 7-Eleven Overtime Podcast. You know what time it is? It's time to crush your cravings with 7-Eleven Cravables, like their world-famous taquitos, fully loaded nachos, hot-from-the-oven-in-minutes 24-7 pizza, and the one and only Slurpee. They'll deliver it straight to your door before you can say, Hey, dude, have you seen my phone? Get 7-Eleven delivered fast, 24-7. Use promo code FREE7 to get $7 off your first two orders of $15 or more on 7Now. Download the 7-Eleven app.